is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Please join me in the call to worship. In the beginning, God said, Let there be light. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning, there was a story full of reconciliation and redemption, grace and good news, light and life. to God the truth as we pray together. Merciful God, you have given us all the light we need, but we still stumble around in the dark. We read your word and interpret it to our own liking. We don't read carefully enough, missing how you are in the details. We focus too narrowly, missing the forest for the trees. Help us to read always through the lens of your love, which is for the whole world and for each one of us.
Beloved, God brings us new life when our bones are dry and hope when we are hopeless. God washes us in mercy and ignites us with the Spirit. God welcomes our whole self, all the bits and pieces, whether glued together or barely hanging on. God shines light into darkness, and so by the grace of God, we are free to try again. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. which is the greatest commandment? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so just as Christ shared words of peace with the people around him, let us do the same. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Please share the peace.
I wanted you to be able to see me, too, I guess. Welcome once again to worship all of you, whether you are a first-time visitor or a long-time member. We are delighted that you are here. Your presence among us makes us better. It is our hope that any time you pass through those doors and come into this place that you find what you need, whether that is a moment of challenge or a moment of comfort. We hope that you find it here. If you have not already and you are seated near the ends of the pews and have access to those maroon pew pads, if you would sign your name and pass them down and back again. If you happen to be sitting near someone you don't know, I invite you to change that before you leave today so that everyone might feel at home here at Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. As you are attending to that, a few announcements to draw your attention to. It is the first Sunday of the month, and that means we are collecting our monthly food offering. You may use the yellow envelopes in your pews if you wish to make a contribution to our food ministries, which include our Thursday night open table meals and our overnight shelter. It also means that during communion, we will offer prayers of healing and wholeness, After you come forward and receive the elements, if you wish to receive prayers on behalf of yourself, a loved one, or a situation in the world, Beverly and I will be off to the sides, and you are welcome to stop by and receive individual prayer at that time. Uh, Due to some changing schedules of our volunteers, we do not have children's worship today, uh, but there are worship bags in the back. If you need to run and get one, we understand and encourage you to do that. I'd like to draw your attention to the announcement about adult education. It already happened today, but consider coming early next week. It's a remarkable series with some guest instructors, and we would love to have as many of you attend as possible. It is church family night on Friday, Fireside Jazz is coming up, and the annual meeting of the congregation will follow the 1115 service on February 2nd for the purpose of hearing updates on our church life together, electing officers, presenting next year's budget, and approving pastoral terms of call. There will be a light lunch to sweeten the deal, and we hope that you will join us. Lastly, um, you see the poinsettias in front of you. They have survived the season remarkably well, but they will be departing from this space today. So if you would like to take one home for yourselves or for anyone else you know whose day might be brightened by one, please feel free to do that at the end of worship. And now let us turn our attention to the word of God. The Old Testament reading today comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 60, 60, verses 1 through 6. First, let us pray. Holy One, giver of all light, lift up our hearts and minds to Christ, the morning star that never fades. By the light of your Holy Spirit, reveal to us your saving word, and lead us to offer our lives to you in service and in love. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the light and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. 
For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah, and those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense, and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. The word of the Lord.
invite you all to be seated and invite our young ones forward for a time together here at the font, if any of you would like to come forward. I have a couple of brave souls, thank you. And now you can all hear me too, which helps. Do you know what it was? I didn't turn the power button on. That's your New Year's lesson, turn the power on. All right, I'm so glad that you all are here. Every time you come to worship, worship is better just because you're here. So um, who had a good Christmas? Everybody had a good Christmas. I know at least one of you was a little sick on Christmas, so I'm sorry about that. But did you know today is still Christmas? You're probably not going to get as many presents. But today is the last day of the Christmas season, and that day that we celebrate, it's called Epiphany, and I have a clue for you in my hand, and there, there's some hanging off the communion table. It's a day when we think about stars. We remember today especially um, how there was the star in the sky that led, who did it lead to Jesus? The disciples is usually a really good answer, and they were a sort of disciple, but there were three of them. The kings, or the wise men, or the magi, that's right. So they led them from far, the star led them from far, far away, all the way to Jesus. It was a bright light in the sky that told them this is the way to go. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I wish I had a bright, bright light in the sky that said, Jenny, go this way. The best example we have of that really is the Bible, because God's word tells us how to live our best life, and it shines a light for us. But for today, everybody, and that includes you all right here and everybody sitting behind us, is going to get a star word. We used to do this when I was little, and what this means is I have a whole bunch of stars here, and because you came up here, you get to pick from the really big ones. And there's a different word on the back of each one, so why don't you all go ahead and grab one. The only rule is that you don't get to trade your word in. Perfect. All right, Christopher. There you go. So you look at your word, and like the one that I just turned over says love. And the idea behind this is that whatever your word is will help guide you through the year. So since I got love, I might be paying extra attention to where I see love in the world. And that might mean where I see people who need extra love, or I might realize when someone is loving me really well and I can be grateful for that. Does that make sense? All right, so we've got trust, giving, hope, respect, honesty. What you got, Christopher? Family. Those are such good words. So if you need help thinking about those, I bet your families can help you with that later. But um, you've got your star words now. And the adults, when you come forward for communion, there's a bowl of stars here. And you can reach in and grab one before you get the bread and the cup, but the same rule for you, no switching out. The word you get is the word you get. I know you. <laughs> All right, before you head back to your seats, um, let's pray together, okay? And I'm going to invite the whole congregation to repeat with us. Dear God, Dear God 
We thank you for light. We thank you for light. The light of the sun. The light of the stars. And the light of your word. Help us to be like the wise men. And follow where it leads us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. And you can all go back to your seats this time, okay? Thank you. Our New Testament lesson comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, beginning with the first verse. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I thank you for enduring a somewhat cheeky sermon title this week. It is, as I'm sure many of you recognize, a nod to Robert Fulgham's classic, All I Really Need to Know, I Learned in Kindergarten. The piece was originally published in 1988. It has sold over 8 million copies to date, and it includes things like this. Share everything. Play fair. Don't hit people. Clean up your own mess. Don't take things that aren't yours. Say you're sorry if you hurt someone. And remember the Dick and Jane books and the very first word you learned, the biggest word of all, look. 
And then he writes, everything you need to know is in there somewhere. Twenty-five years later, he wrote a follow-up essay. Looking back, he said that he stood by everything he said the first time around. But, he cautioned, it is not simple, those words. They are elemental. What we learn in kindergarten comes up again and again in our lives as long as we live. In a far, po- a far more complex polysyllabic form, to be sure, But life will examine us continually to see if we have understood and practiced what we were taught in the very beginning. Of course, it wasn't literally all you needed to know, certainly not. But if you didn't get the basic stuff to begin with, you and society will pay a heavy price. If you did learn and practice it, it becomes the foundation of everything else that follows. And so I wonder if the story of the wise men, the story of the Magi, might work the same for you and I today. The fact of the matter is, we have to think about what we can learn from the wise men, because we learn precious little about them. (coughs) We assume there are three of them. The nativity scene from our Christmas Eve family service certainly had three. Poets as illustrious as William Butler Yeats and William Carlos Williams have written about them, and Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, he went as far as to name them, Melchior, Gaspar, and Balthazar. James Taylor has written a folky song about them, and the three travel through the covers of countless greeting cards all summer, all season long. That's all in our imagination, however. Matthew never tells us how many there are. He tells us they carry three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But all he has to say about the hands that carry them are that they are wise men from the East. Presumably, there could have been two, with some carrying a double load, Or there could have been four with someone carrying extra provisions. We also assume they are kings, or at least we sing of that assumption. But it's much more likely they were astrologers or astronomers. The gospel only says they are men who study the stars. And finally, we assume that they show up approximately five minutes after Jesus is born since it certainly happens that way in every Christmas pageant I've ever seen. But Matthew only says in the time of King Herod after Jesus was born. Some who have studied this text extensively suggest that Jesus may well have been a toddler, around two or three years old by the time the wise men arrive. So much has been made of this story about which we actually know so little. If I understand it, if I understand what Matthew is doing here, he is less interested in the facts of the story because he is tremendously interested in our faith. 
And this story, which comes to us at the start of every new calendar year when fresh beginnings seem to be just within our grasp, this story has much to offer us in terms of how we live our lives. The wise men, they offered gifts to the newborn king. And perhaps if we let them, the wise men can offer us the gift of remembering what discipleship looks like. Of course, it isn't literally all we really need to know. But it is the foundation of everything that follows. So first, pay attention. The wise men, it is their job to watch the stars, to observe what is happening in the heavens. And this star, their star, the star about which we sing, twice it is referred to as the star they had seen at its rising. It is not called the star they finally noticed once they stopped being distracted or the star that crashed down out of the sky and landed right in front of their feet. It's the star they had seen at its rising. The star in this story is a bright and shiny manifestation of God's presence and guidance. That star would have been there whether the wise men noticed it or not. Those who study stars these days, they say, if you study the sky and the stars in the sky each and every night, the patterns become entirely predictable. That's why we can set our course by the stars. Stars are reliable and reasonable. So if something changes, if you are paying attention, it is immediately apparent Just think of all the attention the star Betelgeuse has gotten in the past few weeks. Betelgeuse is part of the constellation Orion's Belt. It is usually one of the brightest stars in the entire sky, but it has dimmed noticeably. Perhaps some say it is headed toward explosion and demise. Now, everything I have heard about this led me to believe that this event was happening fairly imminently. But it turns out that if this happens, it will be sometime in the next 100,000 years. I do not think any of us will see it happen. But imagine if we paid attention to one another like that. Imagine if we noticed when any one of us first started to dim, even in the slightest. Imagine if we noticed when our planet, our ecosystem, our home first started to dim, even the smallest bit. When stars change, those who are paying attention, they notice right away. We're talking today about a star that might have 100,000 years of life left in it, and astronomers are already considering the impact and the result. So is it that crazy to wonder what might happen if we paid such careful attention to the degree of light that dwells in everyone and everything around us? Second, 
follow the light. This one sounds obvious, I know. Everyone understands that the wise men followed the light. So just a brief word here. It takes tremendous courage to follow when you don't know where you are going. And I cannot count the number of times someone has said to me, I don't know what to do. It is almost, not quite, but it is almost as high as the number of times I have thought to myself, I don't know what to do. Uncertainty can make it hard to follow the light no matter how bright it is. The very best wisdom I've been given in moments such as this is take the next step. Just do the next right thing. You don't have to chart the entire course or know how to overcome every potential obstacle or defeat every potential foe or even at the beginning have the skill to climb every mountain. Just take the next step. Just do the next right thing. We really don't know when the wise men left or how long it took them to get where they were going. All that the tradition records is that they got there. Eventually, in its own time, the light will get you exactly where you need to be. Third, praise God. This point could also be called remember your purpose because they are one and the same. Praising God is our purpose in life. Our purpose in life is praising God. The wise men are given the very first words spoken in Matthew's gospel and they use them to ask, where is the child who has been born king? We have come to pay him homage to praise and worship him. What if that were the very first question on our lips or in our hearts each day? Where will I find Jesus? Because I was given breath and life this morning so that I might worship him today. An important note, though, homage as the Greek uses it, it means to praise and worship, to give respect, but it's very careful to say that it's praise and worship and respect that is demonstrated by external action. In other words, praise and worship as the wise men teach it to us is not just about how we feel about Jesus in our hearts, but about how that feeling translates into how we treat the friends and neighbors on our street the strangers and aliens in our land, the children and widows and orphans in our midst. Praising God, paying homage to the child born in the manger, it is about giving him your heart, absolutely. But make no mistake, once you have given your heart to God, once your heart beats in the very hand of God, it is for God and God's work in this world. So pay attention, follow the light, praise God, and give generously. 
when the wise men set out on their travels, even before they knew where they were going, or what it would be like, or even who exactly they would find, they knew what to bring with them. They filled their arms with gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Yes, useless gifts for a baby, but perfect gifts for a king. It's important to the larger gospel story that they bring proper offerings like that, but I have to admit, part of me loves our more modern-day sensibilities. Barbara Brown Taylor, a preacher, she wonders when exactly they realized they had brought everything wrong, that they should have brought milk or a blanket or a toy. But my favorite telling of this moment comes from a five-year-old in a church pageant, proudly dressed in a bathrobe and a paper crown, who kneels down at the manger and announces to the entire congregation, we are the three wise men, and we bring gifts of gold, common sense, and fur. (laughs) We could use a little of that. But the larger point, I think, is this. The wise men would have never shown up empty-handed. There was so much they didn't know, but they knew this much. When worshiping a king, you bring an offering. You bring an offering of whatever it is you have to offer. And it is a challenge to me and to all of us if we understand anything of who Jesus is, regardless of the circumstances surrounding him, we will never show up without the very best we have to give. And finally, choose the right road. The wise men traveled to Jesus one way, but then scripture tells us they returned to their own country by another way. What the right road is in one circumstance may not be the right road in another. Life is complex and we live in a constantly changing world. It is not a bad thing to realize the need to change course. It can actually be a tremendously faithful thing. It can mean choosing to travel down the road of peace rather than the road of violence. The road of building up rather than the road of breaking down. It can mean choosing life even when death is so readily available. Or choosing justice even when injustice is so much more convenient. We are asked to choose the way we travel each and every day. Pope Francis made the news a few days ago, not in the way that he normally does. On New Year's Eve in St. Peter's Square, he was greeting crowds and shaking hands when a woman reached out and grabbed his hand and pulled him toward her, and he slapped her twice. That is not the behavior we expect of the Pope. A Catholic journalist, his words to report it were, the Pope seems to have lost it. But the very next day, 
In the middle of his New Year's Day homily, he said, Love makes us patient. So many times we lose our patience. Me too. And I apologize for yesterday's bad example. He didn't justify his actions. He didn't try to place part of the blame on anyone else. He returned home by another way. And it seems that in the days and weeks to come, our country and other countries will choose the roads we travel by as well. The road of war or the road of peace, the road of death or the road of dignity, the road of escalation or the road of reconciliation. It's more than that. I know, especially on a large global scale, nothing is ever quite that simple, and I don't mean to suggest that it is. But today, I hope and I pray that we will all remember, even if we travel in by one road, we can travel back by another. It is never too late to change course in our lives or in the life of the world. Doing exactly that is what led the wise men home again, and it is what saved the one who now saves all of us. So there you have it. Pay attention. Follow the light. Praise God, give generously, and choose the right road. None of it is simple, but it is elemental. Of course, it's not literally all we really need to know, certainly not. But it is the foundation of everything else that follows. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
standing as you are able, and let us together confess the faith of the Church using the words of the Apostles' Creed as you find them printed in your bulletins. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Let us join our hearts in prayer. God of light, as you guided the Magi to Jesus, so shine before us that we may clearly see your path leading us to Christ. Especially in these anxious and troubling days, shine your light in our hearts. Guide us and those we love that we may follow you faithfully. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In these days when our nation seems to be racing toward war, give us the courage and the will to seek peace. Be with all who are in harm's way and their families, those serving in the armed forces in the Middle East, those being deployed in the coming days, all embassy personnel and their families, journalists, mission workers, and civilians of all nations in the area. Watch over them, give them strength and hope. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the leaders of this nation, the President, those in Congress, and all who are appointed to positions of leadership. Open their hearts and minds, give them integrity, wisdom, vision, compassion, and the will to truly serve you and all people, regardless of their identity, nationality, or status. Give us all wisdom and guide us as we navigate these tumultuous times. May we ever strive to serve you and our neighbors, those known and unknown, near and far. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the people, creatures, and land of Australia as so much of that country burns. As our hearts go out to all fleeing and suffering from the fires, renew our commitment to be good stewards of your beloved creation and strengthen our will to make the hard choices that will save it. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who are struggling. Comfort the lonely. Guide those who are lost and searching. Give strength and clarity to those who struggle with addictions, disorders, and mental illness. And give hope to those who are survivors of abuse or violence. May all who are hungry, unemployed, or homeless find the resources they need and a path to a more secure life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
Be with those who are sick or weary with age, those who are dying, and all who care for and love them. We pray especially for those who are in the hospital, rehab, or in hospice care, remembering those known to this congregation, Alvin Ike Ortiz, Marjorie Norris, Luis Rodriguez, Margaret Davies, and Robert Morton Heller. Be their strength and hope, and heal them through your grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who have recently lost loved ones, the family and friends of Barbara Shane, Graham Ball, Tessa Majors, and Paul Volker. Comfort their hearts, give them peace, and the sure hope of the resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Ever be our guiding star, God of grace and glory. Give us courage on life's journey and the grace to uphold all who share this journey with us. In Christ we pray. Amen. And now let us respond to God's abundance by offering our gifts and tithes.
As the star led the magi to the child they were seeking, so we are led by the Spirit every week to meet Christ at this table. As God revealed himself to the world through the infant Jesus, so God comes to us each and every week through this sacrament of bread and cup. As God revealed God's self to the Gentiles through the light of Christ, so Christ welcomes all people to this table. Whether you are a member of this church or another church or no church, whether you feel worthy or unworthy, whether you have seen many years or only a few, you are welcome to this table. It is not the table of this church, it is Christ's table, and Christ turns away no one. So come, be nurtured by Christ's presence in these ordinary gifts of the earth, made holy for this purpose, to bless us on our journey, to give us strength, and to make us one with Christ, and one with all who come to this table in every place. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. And that not so silent moment you spoke to creation, O God, and light was brought forth with a loud boom. It shone on every crevice of land and wave of water. It glistened in the eyes of the animals and gave nutrients to the plants that grow. Light glittered your world, revealing your work. Then prophets came to praise your name and to bring us back to you. And then you sent your love wrapped up in flesh and bone to give something new. And so we praise you and we thank you for all you've done and all that you will do. And we join our voices with the company of heaven who forever sing to the glory of your holy name. When born of Mary, goodness came into the existence of flesh. You sent Jesus to put on the image of a body so we might throw off the chains of our captivity to see your goodness and glory. And if that is not enough, Jesus chose to act as to die as an act of love and was resurrected as an act of hope. And so with love and grace imprinted on our hearts by you, O God, let your spirit come. May it pour out upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and wine as we proclaim the mystery of faith.
us to thy perfect light. And as our heart is assumed into yours, O God, we work toward your kingdom and all its grace. We gather with our siblings from every time and place, embracing each other and sitting down for the joyful feast, telling all of your light and glory. And so we do this. We do all of this, and we do it while praying the way Christ taught those first disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night of his arrest, the Lord Jesus took bread. Having given thanks to God, he broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body given for you. Do this as my remembrance. And in the same way, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant, sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Every time you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Friends, every time we eat this bread and drink this cup, know that you proclaim the saving death of our risen Lord until he comes again. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Let us keep the feast.
Let us pray. Gracious God, you have fed us through this bread and cup and made us one with Christ. May we who share his body live his risen life. May we who drink his cup bring life to others. May we whom the Spirit sets on fire give light to the world. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us, so that we and all your children shall be free, and the whole earth live to praise your name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you. 